The war between man and alien continues as a hunter faces off against five gray aliens. And then we meet a young couple just finding their way through the world. Everything seems to be going according to plan. Life is good. But when this husband and wife find themselves watching a copy of a horror movie called Hereditary, little do they know their peaceful existence is about to be shattered into a million paranormal pieces. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. Whatever it is, I hope it's absolutely fantastic. But someone who's always having a fantastic day, someone who never, ever frowns, rain, or shine, everyone give it up for one of our newest Dead Rabbit Radio financial contributors. I don't know how else to say it. She donated a, she donated a sizable amount of money the other day. Everyone give a round of applause. For Lula F. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Wee! <laughs> You're like, wow, Jason, that's kind of a maniacal laugh and a maniacal clap. Well, um, I've already recorded this entire episode and called her by her real name. And then <laughs> I read an email she sent me and she goes, hey, I'm Lula F., a Patreon supporter. So I recorded the entire episode using her real name, and now I'm having to edit that part out. I'm recording this a day later. I should have read the email before I started recording the episode, but now I have to take out her real name, because I don't know if she wants me to use it, and add in the name Lula F. See (laughs) See if you notice the audio differences as I do this at a totally different day. Lula F., I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone climb on board as she's putting on her snazzy dirigible commander suit. Fly us out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command. We're headed all the way out to Argentina. Nice leisurely glide down to the beautiful nation of Argentina. It's August 9th, 2015. We're headed to Argentina. Specifically, we're headed to a place called Lawn. Toro, which is a village in the La Pampa province. And we're about to meet this guy named Alberto Tavernis. 59 years old, and he's a hunter. I don't know if he's a professional hunter, or if he just likes hunting for fun. We're meeting this guy, Alberto, and he's like loading up his truck, throwing a bunch of guns in it and stuff. And he's like, yep, today's the day I go out and blow deer's brains out. With this high-powered rifle. <laughs> what a day. What a day. He's a blood-soaked maniac. He's like, ah, oh, yes. Finally off my job as a city clerk. Now I get to kill things for fun. So he drives away. He's, he's giggling the whole time. He gets to his favorite hunting spot. Now, this guy is a pro in the sense that he's not just walking around the woods like Elmer Fudd, just shooting anything that moves. He has, like, these things called hunting stands. So it's like a big ladder that you can like be up in a tree and hide. You like pretend you're a tree or something like that. Cover yourself in deer pee. You cover yourself in deer pee to attract deer, which is weird because if I was a if you were walking down the woods and you 
you smelled human piss. You're like, oh, I'm going to go see what that is. If you smelt your own species urine, you think you'd be like, I'm not going over there. There was a big old accident. That's disgusting. So weird. But anyways, he climbs up in this hunting stand and he's getting ready to shoot stuff. He's up there for a while, but then he notices something weird going on. Not a bunch of deer peeing on each other. <laughs> they, they, have a, they have a water sports fetish. None of that. He sees movement underneath his hunting stand. He looks down. I don't know if this story takes place during the day or night. I'm assuming the day because he gets a pretty good look at these things, which just makes the whole encounter even more unusual. He looks down and he sees, standing underneath his hunting stand, five gray aliens. Just walking just walking around. They're not directly underneath his stand, but he can see them in the woods and he realizes he's surrounded. And he's shocked, obviously, by the appearance of these aliens. He knows they're not human. They're definitely not anything he's ever seen in the forest. He's surrounded by five of these things. However... He has the high ground, and he has a high-powered hunting rifle, right? He's not, he's not super scared of these things, not as much as you and I would be if one of these guys appeared in our bedroom. He was there to shoot giant mammals. These little gray aliens start walking around, and he's ready for them. But he doesn't want to shoot them right off. He's curious about them, he's terrified of them, He's kind of figuring out what's going on. But when he sees two of them walk directly underneath his hunting stand, he realizes, oh, um, they're coming up. They're going to actually going to try to come up and... It, listen, if they had friendly intentions, they could stand down there and wave at me. Or just walk away would be preferable. But the fact that they're trying to get up into my hunting stand, uh, I'm going to have to shoot them in the brain. I'm going to assume that they're not here to just say hi because because they can do that 10 feet below me so he actually started to lean over the top of the hunting stand with the rifle he was going to shoot one of these guys and the next thing he knows he's waking up in the hunting stand he said they must have put me to sleep He goes, i don't remember what happened i remember leaning over and the next thing a period of time had passed. I don't even know how long it was. I woke up and they were all gone. So he takes his rifle. He climbs down from his hunting stand. He makes his way back home. And he really ponders what happened that night. Or day. We don't know. He really ponders what happened. And he starts to think. I'm a hunter. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to shoot them. I'm going to hunt them. I'm going to hunt them for sport. These things really, I mean, that was the best case scenario. You aim a rifle at one of them and then they put you to sleep. And then you wake up. (laughs) There's a lot of bad stuff that can happen to you when you're asleep. It could have just been the end of it, but he decides that he's actually going to try hunting these things. That's what he does. So after that, when he's going out into the forest to hunt, he's not looking for bear or pigeon or duck or deer or whatever. He's hunting gray aliens. Apparently, he runs into these things more than once. He's tracking them. He sees them. They get away. He doesn't really go into detail, or at least the source I had doesn't really go into detail, like how many times he got close to shooting, how many naps he was taking in the middle of the woods. 
how long this went on for, but it went on for long enough that he started to give them nicknames. There was one in particular that he called the Scout. Because it was always moving in the front of the group. Well, one day he's sitting there hunting them. And he sees the Scout. Once again, walking in the front. Separated from this main group of the other four gray aliens. And he readies his rifle. They haven't noticed him yet. He hasn't fallen asleep. He takes aim, presses his finger against the trigger, and pulls. The scout drops to the ground, motionless. Quick and easy kill. The might of an Earth-made firearm tearing through gray alien flesh. He runs from his cover... And sure enough, the scout is laying there dead. And Alberto goes, I'm looking at him and I could see clearly the bullet wound in this creature. But there was no blood. He hears gray aliens running towards him. They didn't say they said anything. I just added that sound in. Thought it sounded dramatic. They're running towards him. Me, 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 me. They're running towards Alberto. He takes off, right? You just shot one of their dudes. Alberto takes off running and waits a bit. bit of time passes, just really a few minutes before Alberto turns around and heads back to where the scout's body was. And it's gone. He assumes that the other gray aliens retrieved the scout's corpse and took it back to wherever. It's possible they had a UFO in the area. There's no sighting from him or anyone else of a UFO floating around the area. It's possible that this was a scouting mission a scientific mission. It's possible, too, that these gray aliens were stranded here, which is something we've talked about before on this show. Because there were no UFO sightings. It could have been that they were UFO crashed and they were trying to figure out a way back or establish a base, you know, doing what, you, doing what any shipwrecked sailor would do, you know, try to survive as best you can. And you got this, <laughs> this uh, hunter running around with a rifle, Killed one of them. But whatever the whatever the reason why the aliens were there, I mean, we did it, boys. We got one. Scratch one in the wind column for humans shooting down a gray alien in the middle of the forest. We've covered a lot of stories about humans having violent interactions with aliens. And here's the interesting thing about this story. You would figure... If a human shot an alien, the story's not going to end there. Same way if a human shot another human that had a group with them, right? A gang is what we would call them. There might be what we call get back or revenge. And that's what happened to Alberto. This is quite a terrifying story because as much 
as we talk about humans and aliens fighting, and it is often as, I mean, it's not terribly common, but it does happen more than we'd want these aliens entering our homes, these encounters of humans and aliens. It, you imagine in the long run, it's not going to go well for the participants in those stories. Even if you win the initial gun battle, he shot down this gray alien. The aliens ended up abducting Alberto. They came back for him. They wanted revenge. And they totally messed him up. He did not reveal, or at least the source I had. I got it from inexplicata.blogspot.com, which is a website that deals in UFO stories from South America, Central America, and Mexico. They got it from a local newspaper from a nearby city called Santiago del Estero. That was the name of the city. They covered this around the time that it happened. Alberto doesn't say exactly what happened when he got abducted, but he said what happened afterwards. He goes, the aliens came into my house and they abducted me. And after they brought me back home, he laid in his bed for three days. And his eyes were stuck wide open. For two months after the abduction, he had terrible migraines and suffered permanent eye damage. He said what they did to me. I think the eyes being stuck open for three <laughs> obviously that's not going to be great for your eye health. But that was the side effect of what they did. Whatever these aliens did to him actually caused permanent eye damage. He said after that, I mean this came out in 2015, he was only 59 so he's so he's most likely still alive, but he was saying he's constantly sees after images in his eyes. They just don't work right anymore. That's really a way to mess up somebody's life. Sure, you know, aliens could abduct you and cut you in half and do all sorts of scientific experiments on him. But it's interesting to think, did they have their ship? Did they have the ability to go in and do these probes and put in implants and, you know, all this creepy stuff we hear aliens do? Or did they just drag him out of his house and just mess up his eyes, throw some twigs in there or something? Most people who are abducted by aliens don't suffer permanent physical damage. You'll see sometimes weird scars appear. That's about it. Sometimes. There's been one or two cases where people have had some sort of radiation sickness and died shortly afterwards. But a lot of times it's... They don't even know they've been abducted. They don't even know. They may remember 20, 30 years later that they'd been abducted eight times during their childhood. Like, a lot of times it's pretty on the down low what these aliens are doing. These aliens wanted Alberto to remember. They wanted every time Alberto... Woke up in the morning and opened his eyes to the time that he went to bed and closed them. They permanently messed up his vision. They wanted him to remember every single day for the rest of his life. That at any time they could come back into his home and do something even worse. A hunter decided to hunt gray aliens. And he succeeded. But in the end, was it worth it? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I'd argue not. 
It's interesting because even in his own account, he doesn't say that they were being hostile towards him other than that initial encounter where he felt they were going to climb up the hunting stand. He decided to hunt them because he's a hunter. And because of that, they ruined his eyeballs. I mean, that's a pretty pretty big escalation. Uh, but he did kill. He did kill one of their guys. Crazy story. Crazy, crazy story. Fairly recent, too. 2015. If those aliens are, you know, survivors of some sort of crash landing or they're castaways or something like that, they're probably still out there as well. But who's going to go looking for them? <laughs> who's going to go looking for them at this point? Lula F. Call in that carpenter copter. Call Mr. Beast. Call Mr. Beast to fix this dude's eyes. And then... <laughs> Jason, that video was so old. You're the worst at topical references. Call in Mr. Beast to fix his eyes. I'm doubling down on that dated reference. America. Lula F. <laughs> I almost said a real name again. Lula F. Go ahead and take us up, up and away in this carpenter copter. Wait, what am I? Lula F. Call in that world famous carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Argentina. Fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. We're about to meet this young wife. We don't have any real names for this story, but we're going to call her Monica. It's three in the morning. She's talking on the phone to her mother. Her mother lives in another country, so that is why the call is so late. It's 3 a.m. local time for Monica. But she's more than happy to talk to her mom. She loves her mom. Misses her. In the bedroom, Monica's husband, we'll call him Phil, is deep asleep. And this is a routine they often do. Monica talks to her mom pretty regularly late at night. But on this particular night, as Monica's having a conversation with her mom, Monica pauses for a second. Monica looks around and she hears this weird, what she can only describe as a weird growling noise coming from the bedroom. The bedroom she shares with her husband, who's deep asleep. She walks to the bedroom while she's still on the phone with her mom. Hey, mom, hold on a second. I'm hearing something weird in the bedroom. And Monica's mother can hear it as well. Monica opens the bedroom door and there she sees Phil, deep asleep, yet talking in his sleep. But not just talking in his sleep, growling in his sleep. Blabbering. As if he's having a conversation with someone or something. Speaking in a guttural language. That sounds like it came from hell itself. (laughs) 
Let's go back in time a couple months. It's early 2023. This is a very, very recent story. It's early in the year 2023. We have Monica and her husband, Phil. Monica's a housewife. Phil is working the corporate life. And the way that most corporate life is, you spend your day working. And then when the opportunity arises to have a get-together with work friends, you go to those two because it helps build that social circle. You're starting to cement bonds, and that'll help you get promoted in the long run. Plus, it's just, you know, you're hanging out with people with a shared interest. You guys are all on the same mission. This particular party was held at the house of a co-worker named John. That's the name that we'll use for him is John. And Monica and Phil knew him fairly well. They had known him for the past two years through work. Seemed to be a really nice guy. His new wife, though, who we'll call Kathy, is a fairly recent addition to the group. They'd only been married for a few months, and I'm sure they were dating before that. But Monica, who posted the story online, she goes, I didn't really know Kathy that well. And it's funny because, sure, they had just got married, but Kathy was a bit of an introvert, and I'm a bit of an introvert, so we never really went out of our way to introduce ourselves to each other. But once we started hanging out at this party, and he had all these other employees there as well, we started to find that we had a lot in common. John and Phil obviously have work in common, and me and Kathy, we were just both kind of the same personality types. It's a really, really fun party. And as it began to wind down, people were starting to leave. We were still talking. I was actually helping clean everything up, and we are still hanging out, and eventually it was just Monica and her husband Phil and Kathy and her husband John. They're hanging out. The place has been kind of cleaned up. They're sitting back just talking. And Kathy says, you know what, guys? We should watch a movie. Let's put in a movie. Since we're all here, we're kind of done doing stuff. Let's just kind of wind down. I'll throw something in. and Let's have fun. Let's watch a movie. Now, when this came up, Monica mentioned to Kathy, she goes, listen... I'm not comfortable watching movies in front of other men. Especially if they're not my husband. Because if anything romantic comes up, it makes me feel super uncomfortable. I feel really uncomfortable watching movies with romance or, I mean, even worse, sex in them. Sex scenes. I don't like watching that. And Kathy goes, no, 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 don't worry. We are not going to be watching a romance movie. That's nothing like that. I have a movie I think we should watch. She starts the film up, and it is the movie Hereditary. Now, if you're not familiar with the movie Hereditary, it's funny. It's kind of connected to the podcast itself. I talked about it in the very first episode of the show. I watched the trailer, oddly enough, on a podcast. It was weird. First episode, I talked about it. Basically, in a nutshell, which is pun intended because it has a lot to do with nut allergies, it's a story of this entire family's life was leading up to the point that one of their children would be the host of this demon that was going to take over the world, or at least just control part of it. And you know what? It was an effective horror movie. It had some of the best acting I've ever seen in a horror movie, hands down. 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, though. Overall, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Ari Aster, the director, I liked... Uh, There's something strange about the Johnsons. His first film is only... It was a short film, but his first film... Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Hereditary. But I will say this. It is creepy. It's effective for what it is. I thought it kind of fell apart in the ending. But... If you did not watch horror movies at all, if the last scary movie you saw was Friday the 13th, part 5, when you were 12 years old at a sleepover, and then you watched Hereditary, or if you had never watched any scary movies, Monica doesn't even like watching movies with kissing in it, and you watched Hereditary, you would think you were watching a real-life Black magic ritual. It is, if you are well versed in this genre, it's a pretty good flick. If you are not, if I showed this to my mom, she'd move out of the house. <laughs> she would she would move out of the house. She'd probably disown me. Because it's that level of terrifying. I think I am a little bit jaded, maybe. And I had high, it built up really well, and then it just kind of falls apart at the end. I'm sorry, Ari, but you've done other great stuff. But it's one of the creepiest movies you could possibly. It's weird because on the one hand, the ending include. I think the ending's the most disturbing part to someone who's never watched a horror movie or isn't they're not well versed in it. The whole movie's absolutely traumatizing, right? I, I give it a B for effort, but if if Monica. If you don't watch horror movies, it would traumatize you. For someone like Monica, you would be thinking you were watching a black magic ritual play out on the screen. Absolutely traumatizing. It freaked her out. And she says, listen, as she's watching the movie, she wanted to leave. She doesn't, if she thought the romance stuff was bad, she goes, just by watching this stuff, I feel like you're opening a gateway. We are not designed to have these images in our head. And I wanted to leave. But Kathy wanted to watch it. John wanted to watch it. And my husband, Phil, wanted to watch it. And I sat there. And I watched Hereditary. She said they eventually go home. And the next morning, Monica and her husband are talking about the movie. And it really upsets Monica. It really upsets her that she had to watch it the night before. And it's really making her mad that her husband's talking about it now. And she starts to get frustrated. And as he continues to talk about it, she goes, Don't say the demon's name. Don't say the demon's name. Don't repeat the last line of the movie. I don't, I'm just, don't want to hear it anymore. And that's when Phil, sitting at the kitchen table, goes, Hail Paymon! Which is the last line of the movie, because Paimon was the demon they were invoking. This group of naked elderly people chant out, Hail Paimon. Like I said, it's disturbing. He says he's just joking, he's just teasing her. He ends up leaving for work. Disturbing, though. She doesn't want to know anything. She doesn't want to even think about this movie. Now her husband's saying the name of the demon and even jokingly saying, Hail Paymon in their house. Later that morning, while Monica is doing 
her daily chores, Kathy shows up with some leftovers from the party and they sit down and talk a little bit and eat the leftovers. Not a big deal. Kathy ends up leaving. Nothing terrible happens. They do not speak of the movie Hereditary. 3 a.m. that night. The night after watching Hereditary is when Monica's on the phone with her mother from another country. And they're talking, and that is when Monica hears the growling coming from the bedroom. And she says it sounds like somebody having a conversation with somebody. It's not just snoring. It's nothing like that. There's a pattern to it. Something's going on. And her mom can hear it on the phone, too. Monica walks to the bedroom door. She opens it up, and she sees that it's her husband, Phil, talking in his sleep in this weird, guttural language. Like he's speaking to someone. And that's when the mother, who's in the other country on the phone... I believe this family is Muslim. I think there's some context clues to that. Seems to be a very conservative household. Doesn't like watching the movies with romance in it. But it could... Honestly, now that I think about it, it could be a conservative... Mormon household, a conservative uh, Southern Baptist household, but uh, she's in the other country. She begins to, the mother who hears the guttural noises over the phone begins to recite holy verses. And that's a term I think that's mostly used in the Muslim faith, but begins to recite the holy verses. And Monica puts them all on speakerphone. So Phil can hear the holy verses as well. And he wakes up. And he explains to Monica that he was having a terrible, terrible dream. That night, as they go to bed, they do play holy verses through their Google Nest. It's kind of like the Amazon Alexa, but it doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> Google Nest plays the holy verses over it. We did that episode a long time ago. I should do it as a Dead or Ever Radio Classics about... That person who uploaded a copy of the Holy Quran to YouTube, or it was like select verses, but then there was a spell underneath it. It was a YouTube video. It was like it is like listen to the Quran while you sleep. It had like this weird underlaying subliminal thing. That video is still up. They've been taken down and they keep getting put back up. I'll put that episode in the show notes, but we might do that, revisit that, because I've seen more talk about that. Anyways. Let's jump ahead five weeks. There's no more nightmares. Phil hasn't had any nightmares since that first night, but John and Kathy keep coming over. They're coming over a lot randomly, and they're often bringing food. Pretty much all the time. They randomly show up. They're always bringing snacks. They're hanging out, which doesn't seem... Monica's not really blaming Kathy for what happened. If anything, she was more blaming the movie. Hereditary, but Monica and Kathy, they're becoming closer. And at one point, Kathy's there so late that when Monica is talking to her mother, they're doing a video chat. And that is when Monica introduces Kathy to her mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. My daughter's told me so much about you. Well, later on, later that same night, the mom calls up Monica. And says, 
I've been thinking about this. I got an initial feeling and it just keeps growing. Stay away from Kathy. Monica's like, what? You know, I mean, like, we're, we're friends. And no, I, I can't say exactly what it is, but something is wrong. Stay away from her. Please, please do not keep hanging out with her. As the mother is telling Monica to stop hanging out with Kathy, all of a sudden, from the bedroom, (coughs) once again, both Monica and the mom hear Phil growling in his sleep. It had been five weeks since that last incident, but now when they're bringing up Kathy and not to be with her, Phil starts growling again. The mother again begins to recite the holy verses. Phil wakes up, said he was having the same dream as before. At this point, Monica and the mom have the same, like, at the same time they go, this has to be related to Kathy. Like this, oh, 100% has to be related to her. We were just talking about her and it had been five weeks. Now my husband's doing the same thing. And the mom is so upset. She begins to cuss. She begins to cuss out Kathy. She's not in the room. She's just saying stuff about her. But remember, she's on speakerphone. Phil, which is totally out of character for him, jumps to his feet, grabs the phone from Monica's hand, begins screaming screaming into the phone at Monica's mom. His own mother-in-law begins screaming at her and then smashes the phone to the ground. Monica's never seen Phil act like this before, ever. But the next day, Phil gets sick. Like emergency room sick. Right, not just a tummy ache. He has a temperature of 104 degrees when he gets into the emergency room. So Monica's there. Phil is in the hospital. Who shows up to visit? John and Kathy. And Monica says when Kathy walked in, something was off about her. She said, I couldn't really place exactly what it was, but... Something was wrong with her eyes. She looked dead. There's something soulless in her eyes. And as her and John said that they'd be willing to help and they'd stay there as long as they could, and Monica's like, no, 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 no. It's fine. We're going to be okay. He's going to be okay. Please just go home. Everything's fine. So they leave. John and Kathy leave. But a short time later, John shows up with a plate of food and says, here, Kathy made this for you. It's going to be a long night. You're going to be here for a while, you know, having to go to the vending machine. Here's some food Kathy made for you. And she gave it to Monica. But after John left the hospital once more, Monica threw it away. For three days, Phil was in the hospital. For three days, Monica stayed by his side. And when they returned home, Monica said she purified the house. She purified the house by going to every corner of the house, going into the rooms, reading the holy verses, 
playing the holy verses on the Google Nest is a great advertisement for them. That's how she purified the house. And shortly after that, John and Kathy came over. They wanted to see how Phil was doing, you know, swing on by. And according to Monica, John was totally fine. He acted like he always did. But there was something, again, off about Kathy. She seemed restless once she entered the house. She seemed like she was searching for something. Like she was looking for something in that house. Something that was making her feel uneasy, but she couldn't figure out what it was. Of course, John and Kathy brought over a plate of food for Phil and Monica. But after John and Kathy left, the food was thrown in the garbage. This was posted on April 10th, 2023. And Monica, who posted under the name Food OK, which is kind of ironic, actually. That's a throwaway account. It gives you a random name. I don't know if she was aware of the irony here. The number, the, the name is Food OK 2337. She goes, since that time that he got out of the hospital and we stopped eating their food, she says, John's slowly been getting better and things are returning to normal. But this is a process. They're not trying to... you got to be really careful with this, right? Because what she sees, and what probably is true, is that Kathy does have some sort of ill intent. It's like a rattlesnake. You make a quick movement, you're going to force them to attack. You have to walk back slowly to make it seem like everything's happening natural. That you haven't figured out that they're a rattlesnake yet. She said, we started cutting them out slowly. My husband is trying to change jobs. This is an exact quote. That's how seriously they're taking this spiritual intrusion on their life. Quote, we started cutting them out slowly. My husband is trying to change jobs. So once that is done, we might be done with them for good. I still don't know what happened, what was there, or anything. I knew something weird was in our house. That's all. This is an interesting post. It's been completely... It's been completely deleted. The account's been deleted. The post has been deleted. I archived it. That's how I have a record of it here. It's an interesting story. It, it really is. It's And what I like about it is... She doesn't know what it was. That's what makes it seem so authentic to me. There's no grand climax of the ending. She doesn't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I'm assuming the same things she is, which, to be fair, we only got her side of the story, but there's something wrong with Kathy. There's something wrong with Kathy, and she was infesting this other family's life. I don't think she picked Hereditary at random. I think she knew that that movie was going to traumatize this couple, Monica and Phil. It's interesting, though. Like, what was her grand scheme? What was Kathy's goal? Was it to possess or take control of Phil? Is she working for some sort of 
demonic agency? Is she a self-styled follower of Paimon? Or any other demon or malevolent force out there? Is she just like a low-level witch? Is it not even like that organized? Does John know any of this is going on? What if Monica was targeted first and stopped calling her mom so regularly and her mom wasn't able to give her side of the story? Was the target always Phil? Was the target both Phil and Monica? And Kathy's still out there. This story just happened this year. Whether or not they slowly are able to remove... And we'll never know, right? Someone can pop up with an account tomorrow with a second half of the story. We'll never know the truth. Because we'll never be able to confirm it's the same person. But were they able to remove themselves from that social circle? Probably, but Kathy's still out there. Whatever plan she had, whatever force she was able to manipulate to affect this family that doesn't go away if anything she's learned from her mistakes it's a terrifying story because this is one of those paranormal stories that can happen to anyone at any time who doesn't like making new friends who doesn't like hanging out at a buddy's house Who doesn't like watching a good old scary movie? I think the fact that Monica was so religious is what saved them. Because she was looking at it from that angle and her mom definitely was. And I think a lot of people wouldn't have made those connections. The deep growling in the middle of the night, that'd be weird. If I was sleeping with some chick and she was growling super late at night in the middle of the night, I'm not going to think she's possessed. And I <laughs> do paranormal stuff. It wouldn't even, honestly, it wouldn't even pop in my head. I think she was snoring. I'd probably be asleep, honestly. That's the thing, too. If her mom didn't live in another country and she didn't have to be up at three in the morning, she would have slept through it. They both probably would have been growling. I mean, really, Monica's super lucky. She really dodged a bullet in this. And I think a lot of people would have fallen victim to whatever it was. And that's the scariest thing. We can't really be prepared to fight something if we don't even know the battle is already raging on. The battle is already raging on. Because of Monica's very, very specific life situation... She was up late enough to hear... She was up late enough at night to hear the growling. She wasn't asleep while this spell or whatever it was was taking place. Any one of us, I think we would have fallen victim to it as well and not even known something was wrong. That's the creepiest part of the story. The war for your very soul could be in its final act this very night. And you might not even know it. The forces of darkness don't always use a blood-soaked pentagram to enter our lives. They don't always lurk in the confines of a spooky castle. Or a haunted cemetery. Sometimes the best way for evil to enter our lives. Is behind the smile of a new friend holding a plate of delicious food.
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.